0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is D. Earl Stevens. He is the author of Toxic Tales, a caustic collection of Donald J. Trump's very important letters. He's the former managing editor of Stars and Stripes. He's a Navy vet, a prolific writer, and I'm excited to talk to him. But before I do, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener funded and woman run. Visit Patreon.com slash Start Me Up to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit Patreon.com slash Start Me Up. Now, please enjoy my conversation with D. Earl Stevens. Welcome back to the show, Earl. Hey, Kimberly. <laughs> okay, so I just have to confess. Yesterday I was, um, I was on Hal Sparks' show, and he caught me off guard and said, you know, oh, who are your, coming, who are your upcoming guests? And I started to draw. I knew you were going to be on the show, and I drew a blank, and I'm like, I, I, I want to call him the Duke of Earl. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> so that's what I called you, <laughs> the Duke <I've>, of Earl. <laughs> I've been I've been called far far far. Away. Whoops! <laughs> I almost knocked my computer over. Um, yeah, but that that made me laugh. So I kind of just have to like say I'm sorry I didn't get your name right, but it it was all with love. So you know. Well, if you want to call <laughs> me the Duke, I'll go with it. That's all right. <laughs> Oh man, how have you been doing? I haven't talked to you for a while.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that too. It seemed like before the run-up, maybe of the midterms. Mm-hmm. And so, as as always these days, it, that might as well have been a lifetime ago. Exactly. Been, yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, doing good. I'm doing good. That's good to hear. I know you've been writing, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But um, how's it... How, now, I want to ask you just real quickly... Uh, Having to do with COVID, I'm going to ask you a question because I have to deal with a wedding now. There's a wedding in my family and it's my sister's going to get married. So she's wondering, she's like, hmm, maybe I should just do like a thing for the family. And -hmm. then if I, you know, just small and then maybe like the bigger version for everybody who wants to show up, but doesn't want to, you know, mingle with the just in case for COVID. And, you know, we've got obviously the elderly people, my parents and. All those people, we were, were worried that we don't want them to catch it. So, have you had COVID and how are you dealing with what's going on with COVID since pretty much mm. everybody's like, COVID is over? <laughs>
1: well, yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations to your sister. That's Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so good for her. Thank you. I have amazingly not had COVID. Yeah, me neither. Um, and, and I do wonder, however, if early on I might have had a mild case. Hmm. Um, I was able uh, to basically sequester her at home since the thing started, which is, by the way, amazingly, about three years ago, almost to the day. And um, But I didn't feel great, but I didn't feel awful. And it, that lasted for a couple months, so I don't know. And now <laughs> you're going to say, well, why didn't you get tested? I'll say, I don't know. But uh, I haven't had any – hadn't had it bad. As far as dealing with it, you know, my youngest daughter had – a wedding in Spain in August, and so that was the first real. And the poor girl had been putting the darn thing off for wow, you know, years because yeah. she was going to get married, and COVID came and she kept putting it. So, long story short, we had family coming in literally from all over the world to this uh, to this get together, and they were all very, you know, cognizant, smart, liberal mm-hmm. people, right? That were really worried about it, but everything came off well. I don't think anybody got COVID. And, uh, of course, everybody had been vaccined at the yin-yang, you know. So, <laughs> at any rate, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but... No, you are. <laughs> you know, proceed proceed with caution, right? Yeah. And, and I, can under, you know, I can understand why there'd be some trepidation.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, I think she's... I told her I'm all for the, the smaller one and then the bigger one because I would go to the smaller one and feel more comfortable. So, yeah, right. um, you know, but I mean, I told her, I said, whatever you want to do, I'll do. But um, that's my preference. And also my mother is invited and this is my half sister. So we share a father, but we have different mothers. So, uh, you know, she's, you know, she's worried about both, you know, we're we're both worried about all of them because I mean, my yeah. stepmother's a little bit younger than my dad, but, you know, by nine years, but still she's in her 60s and my mom and dad are in their 70s and they're both, mm-hmm. they would both be going. So we'll see what happens. But I just, I'm just wondering where everybody is with it because I just, you know, I'm I'm like everybody else where you get so sick and tired of having to deal with it, but it hasn't gone away. Just because yeah. we've pretended that it's gone away doesn't mean that it's gone away. And I, I would really like to avoid getting it if possible. I mean, I, I believe it's more than likely inevitable, but you never know. I mean, they might be able to come out with, I know they're doing this nose swab thing that would prevent it from happening but that's not even close to happening yet so i just you know i don't know we'll see i also know that there are people like for instance my mom went to a wedding last year and Mm -hmm. the woman it was her friend so she's the mom of the bride and she got her vaccine like two weeks before the wedding and the doctor said this will be you will be the most protected (laughs) And she and her husband got it. My mother stayed with them and my mother didn't get it. And my mother had been vaccinated months earlier. So who knows? You know, who knows
1: how it all works out? And why do, you know, the other one you're hearing about is long COVID, right? Yes. And and, and which is is so sad and terrifying to me that that folks got it and still can't kick it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, It's tragic, really is.
0: It is, it's scary I mean, there's the long COVID And then there's just the, the, the long-term effects yeah. Even if you didn't get long COVID It's like, what's going to happen in 10 years? Am I going to get yeah, dementia? Right. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's terrifying I hate it, but, it you is, know.
1: It's, It really is <laughs> It really is, and it is good It's been three years
0: Yes, just... I know, yeah. three effing years At yeah. least I don't feel I was so overly cautious That yeah. I washed every single thing That came into this house everything. And um you know I mean I, I probably was more cautious than I needed to be. But right. I never got it. So, you know, there's that. I mean, it doesn't mean I won't get it now, but I, I didn't get it then when we weren't vaccinated. And that's all yeah. I cared about. Yeah. So.
1: Well, don't just don't get it, all right?
0: Just, yeah, I'm going to yeah. I'm going yeah. to work on that. You too. All right, yeah, I all right so I want to go to uh something that you just wrote. It's titled georgia's on our minds mr president so go ahead and tell everybody all about it
1: oh okay yeah the pitch for the uh for the 2024 Mm -hmm. democratic national convention to be held at atlanta Mm. so basically there's there is a a coalition that's been put together and it's you know it's if you read what i wrote and Mm -hmm. you know with civil rights leaders mostly throughout the south uh you know, some big shots in the the DNC and folks who run with that crowd that are pitching president Biden to host, have Atlanta be the host of the 2024 national convention. Now I heard about this about a month ago and asked if I wanted to get involved in it. Hmm. And my first inclination Kimberly was that it literally makes all the sense in the world. I could not think of a reason why we wouldn't want Atlanta where You know, just one after another, they've done these magnificent things these past four years to hold our democracy together. Why not reward them with the national convention? Then, when I I found out that Chicago and New York City were in contention, I I had to pull back a bit because I think, you know, I live in Madison, Wisconsin. And so uh, that's kind of in our backyard now. I grew up in the New York, New Jersey area. So I want to do my homies right if they want the convention. But You know, after giving it significant thought, I I just couldn't see why Atlanta shouldn't be the place to do this. So, uh, yeah, so I've gotten involved with the efforts to do that. Um, I've learned that really it's Biden's choice, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people are pitching him, obviously, but at the end of the day, uh, Joe Biden will make the decision, and it's pretty imminent, I guess, from what I understand. I was on a call the other night uh, about this, and it it you know could be the next two three weeks we hear about this.
0: So so tell everybody why it should be there.
1: Oh, okay sure. Well I mean I I think if you just looked at the pure electoral uh, results that we've had recently, not the least of which is that Georgia has now elected two Democratic senators, uh, as you know, one uh, the Reverend Raphael Warnock. Uh, who practice at martin luther king's church in atlanta right mm-hmm, yeah so that's that's pretty cool and then they also had the audacity to elect the first jewish center <laughs> in the south since the 1880s yeah, you know yeah uh and, and so the people mostly in atlanta but i you know i i think throughout georgia have done just an unbelievable job against unbelievably tough circumstances as you know Uh, suppress vote, et cetera, to get out, get Joe Biden elected and help get Joe Biden elected in 2020 and help get two Democratic senators elected. Uh, One, again, Warnock, who was just reelected in November to six beautiful years. Um, And then finally, you know, the legacy of John Lewis and Mm -hmm. Andrew Young, uh, Stacey Abrams, Martin Luther King, as I mentioned, Jimmy Carter. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just... It it just sings to me, you know, yeah. it, it it just seems to be so poetically justified to do this, and not to mention, you know, it would help the economy down there too. Yeah, uh, in a big way.
0: Yeah, no, it's not, it sounds like it's going to happen, and I've seen I've seen the push for it on the internet, and uh, I love your piece, and so we'll they, see what happens. But yeah, it looks like it's going to. I think Georgia is really. uh, <laughs> a really perfect representation of this country right now for so many reasons. And it's so important and vital to where we land. And, I, you know, I mean, it's the ongoing quest to preserve the democracy we have, the democratic republic we have. Um, Agreed.
1: You know, Doug, Doug Jones, the uh, senator Doug Jones from Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, who I wouldn't mind being our attorney general, but that's another story, <laughs> uh, was on a call the other night. And he's really pushing... The fact that the future of the Democratic Party is in the South.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I had to think about that, and and I think he's right. Me too. Um, you know, can you imagine if Georgia just gets into the blue column <sighs> uh, consistently? We know yeah. North Carolina is just so close. Yeah, right. It's 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 that close. What the hell is going on in Florida? Is anybody's guess? <laughs> oh uh, you know, I guess you know the DNC down there, from what I hear, isn't maybe what it ought to be. I'm not conceding Florida. I just right. think they're that shit crazy right now. But uh, but so anyway, getting back to Jones' point that the the futures in South, I think that's right. You know, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that's where the demographics demogra- are shifting, easy for me to say. And I do think in, in 10 to 20 years, places like Georgia will be known as solidly blue, which is mind-blowing, but I, I don't <laughs> see how that trend gets reversed.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean, I, I keep thinking back to. I'm trying. Th- there was a certain state, and I, I, it might have been Texas. I think it was Texas, where voters were saying, you know, prior, okay, I think it was the first time that Beto got real close. He ran and he got close, but yeah. he didn't win. Yeah. And, and, and voters were just basically saying, we really didn't even feel that we had a chance, so we just mm. didn't vote. Yeah, And right. now that they're seeing, you know, and this is this is happening, I think, in many red states. I mean, obviously, there's still suppression and all that. But I think people when the Democratic Party makes, you know, I, I think it's a mistake for Demo- the Democratic Party to leave a state behind. Now, I get that they have a certain amount of money and they yeah. have to spend it strategically. I obviously understand that. And they can't spend it all equally in all the states. So right. they have to decide what state can they win and this and that. But I think it's a huge mistake to let these, some of these red states fall behind, like Texas, because there's a lot of liberals in Texas. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's been all this suppression and stuff. So if there's a way that we could ever get this voting rights bill, at, you know, passed, um, we would start to see these red states turn either purple or blue, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, you're, you're making a, a really tremendous, important point. And let me, let me give you an example the other way,
0: mm-hmm. where
1: Pennsylvania basically Republicans had given up on winning Pennsylvania in the presidential <laughs> elections. Every year they talk about it my like, whole lifetime mm-hmm. and we're going to win Pennsylvania. And then they lose by four or five points, Right. Yeah. But they fucking stood in there. and <laughs> God damn it. If in 2016, they didn't pull it out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And now, Pennsylvania is very much a swing state, unfortunately. Yeah. Now we've we've seen some really marvelous things happen these past four years, or whatever,
0: mm-hmm. to,
1: to take it back, if you will. But Republicans didn't give up on Pennsylvania anymore, as you're saying. That Democrats should give up on Texas.
0: Yeah, uh, and I think I think the most important thing here. I mean, uh, we always focus on the big stars, you know, the uh, people who are running for Senate and the House and everything. But what David Pepper consistently points out is that we have to focus on the state level races because that's yeah. where all, you know, I mean, that's where they're deciding whether abortion is legal or not. And, you know, whether it's abortion or trans rights or health care or whatever it is, it's the yeah. states. And I think the Democratic Party absolutely needs to get their focus, just like the Republicans have been doing for decades, focusing on those state races and then, you know, giving more attention To these red states, because there's lots of liberals there, and they just don't even feel that they are represented. They don't feel like, well, if I vote, it's not even going to matter because of all the gerrymandering and because of all of this. And it's like we have seen now that even in Texas with gerrymandering, uh, we're still seeing closer races than we ever thought before. If there is attention, if, I mean, Beto was a big national figure, so he got lots of attention. And then we saw, I mean, unfortunately, he didn't win, but... It, you know, it's like we've seen they're closer than we would have ever imagined they could be. So, oh my God, yeah. And okay, now here I gotta get off talking about that because I want to ask you something. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Now, House, I was on House Parks' uh, show yesterday, and he asked me this question, and I kind of posed this to all of my guests, but I'm curious, and then I wanna I wanna throw something in at the end after you say what you need to say. Okay. But now we've all been through you know 2015 the escalator trump comes down and all the shit that went down we're familiar with that and then we've had 2020 and then we just had 2022 now we're looking at um unfortunately the republicans won the house and i'm trying to keep my mouth shut about what i want to say about it but they won the house and they're acting like fascists and they're acting like not they're not like acting like german nazis who put people in ovens so i want to be clear but they have the nazi ideology that led up to that so Mm -hmm. with all that said um and how they're behaving and clearly they did not learn their lesson and 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 speak to voters in a way that's sane where do you see things going from now between now and 24
1: as as far as the electorate what yeah, I
0: know happen. it's hard to make predictions, but I mean, based on the climate that we're in right now and what you're seeing, how do you see the next two years playing out?
1: Hmm. Um, I'm actually scared and very encouraged.
0: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, um, because a bad result is an absolute terrifying
0: mm-hmm.
1: result. Um, however... Democrats have been winning a lot of Elections now you're right we lost The house but come on uh, We were supposed to lose by 30 to 40 seats yeah. right That didn't happen I, I think He says In parentheses very hopefully That there is some clear air out There and that there are people Actual independents and Even some republicans Who aren't signing off on this mm-hmm. Fascism right <laughs> Yeah. That that aren't going to go all the way there. One of the great ironies to me uh, of the 2020 election was that Republicans actually did very well in that election. Yes. Uh, I think that the funding, the police hurt the Democrats and stuff like that, but Biden won a, you know, he won a landslide, but it was close in all of these races. We barely held the house. People Mm -hmm. forget that we lost many seats in the house in 2020. The only Republican who really did poorly was Trump. Trump.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: you good know? point. He yeah, blew it. He, if he had run as well as most Republicans were running in that race, he terrifyingly would have won. Yeah, you know, and so that tells you right there that I, I think that that there are, people are only going to go too far with this. I mean, that's my hope. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so you're asking me what I see. Yeah it's it's warfare i mean it's you know we're we're it's not too much to say that we're literally battling for our democracy
0: oh because yeah we, totally yeah 100 yeah. 100 i mean you know and this is what here's what i'm seeing and what i'm thinking and, and i almost don't like saying this because of the way it's going to sound but when when it came down that we they were going to kill roe i yeah. i was part um I don't, I mean, terrified, yes, because of other people, not for myself per se, because I'm not going to get pregnant and worry about having to, you know, I'm over that part of my life, but it's terrifying to know that women are going to die, and, 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 and people who are pregnant are going to suffer and be afraid, and, you know, all, all the things that have come from this are absolutely horrible, and I knew that, but on the other hand, I was at, yeah. I, what I saw was an opportunity because it's very clear and i've I, this is a drum that i'm just going to beat and beat and beat it's very clear that when people are comfortable they don't vote and so yeah. You know, you have half the country and they're asleep all the time. They don't vote. Well, Killing Roe woke a lot of these people up. It didn't just wake women up. It woke up. I'm not going to say woke up, but I mean, Gen Z was paying attention because they have other issues that they care about, whether it's the climate or the, you know, the student loan or there's a number of things that that the younger people are caring about, but they absolutely cared about reproductive, you know, bodily autonomy. And so, you know, and the guns and all of that. So I think that what I'm hoping is that the behavior from the Republicans, while it's threatening and legitimate, there's like a legitimate fear of, you know, they can't win. We have to make sure they can't win because they are, uh, they will take us into fascism. Absolutely. Um, But I do see this, like the worst they behave, I think is even though it in the short term, can be awful and dangerous and scary, I think it could benefit us in the long term because it's going to make people pay attention. And that's really what it's all about because the yeah. Republicans are just going to continue to behave in such a way they're, they are um, discriminatory, they're bigots, they're sexist, misogynists, all of it. And, and yeah. they've been that way for a long time, but it hasn't been so obvious. It's so obvious now. And the more obvious they are, I feel like it serves democracy. And I don't know if I'm wrong, and I guess we'll find out. But I do feel I would rather have, uh, you know, I'd rather Hillary win. And, you know, we could just continue going on being a normal (laughs) country. But that didn't happen. And so sometimes it takes really awful things to change it up, to make us, you know, it's like you don't know what you got till it's gone. I just heard that song the other day, and I was like. Boy, ain't that the truth? <laughs>
1: you know? well, that's, that's exactly right. That I, I I've said very delicately more times than once that maybe the best thing to happen to us was Hillary losing, and I don't want everybody to kill me on that. I did. I wanted her to win very badly.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: But it 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 just underlines your point that it woke people up. Uh, that we're sleeping. The other issue is social security. Mm. I mean, what moron is out there saying yeah. we want to take your social security away and thinking that's a winning issue? <laughs> yeah. You know, when I hear Republicans say that, I clap my hands for the reason. <laughs> I know. Said, you know.
0: Exactly. Yeah, keep saying that. Yeah.
1: Just keep drive going. all the older cranky voters like me away. That's <laughs> work. Well, you go for that. <laughs> by the way, we fucking vote. So yes, you keep for that. You
0: know. yeah and i mean i i don't know i mean we're all gonna see how it plays out as we always do but i just think that this little bit of power that they were able to hold on to with this past election is going to give them enough delusion that i think they're going to continue to step on themselves and their party i hope so and gen z is paying attention and the thing about gen z you know, I mean, there's 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 the argument like, oh, well, young people lose interest. Right. The the cynical uh, voters out there might take on that, you know, point of view. What I have to say, though, is we won, even though we didn't win big. We won when, when Gen X showed up both. in, or I'm sorry. Gen Z showed up in 2020 and they showed up in 22. They saw um, that their voice mattered and that they actually had power. Now, if, if we would have lost in a big way, I could see where they might get discouraged and when you're young and you don't understand it and you say, well, I voted and it didn't matter. But it mattered. And, and I think when when it mat- when you're young and you participate in, in a, an election that you're extremely passionate about that is driven by fear um, because the Republicans are scaring us, and yeah. you actually see, oh look, w- look what we did! It, mm-hmm. I think, there you're a voter for life. You yeah, know, I, I think, think that's right.
1: I, I think you know when during these past midterms, you know, of course, Madison. You know, I'm I am pointing the phrase Madison is a capital of democracy. Uh, that's mine. <laughs> you can Use it away if you want, but I mean, we we are really we are badass liberals in this town and in this county. And <laughs> I can give you more numbers, and you could. Believed to back up those points, but the the point going to your point about uh, the younger folks, you know, we had some big midterms as you know uh, here. We had governor's race. We had a re- we lost the Ron Johnson, which mm-hmm. I just I, It's hard for me to even talk about. Yeah. But I was worried because you hear about you know midterms, party and power doesn't do very well, and and so we had a big event in town. I think Elizabeth Warren was in town, and I so I wanted to get downtown and, and get to that, and I and I said this will give me a sense of just how active we are mm-hmm. this cycle maybe mm-hmm. and it was wild wow and it was young people you know wow. they were turning out and i remember thinking to myself you know what maybe we're gonna do all right these midterms this yeah. year and we, we did aside from johnson which again <laughs> i just, know just, just, we did win <laughs> the governor's race here and won several uh, local races so anyway i agree with you yeah Uh Go,
0: young
1: folks. Please go. It's <laughs> your
0: world, man. I'm tired. Go um, You know what? We have to take a quick break, but we will be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. If you're not already my patron, just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show. Thank you so much. Okay, we are back. Okay, you know what? Here's my kind of cynical take. Yeah. Um, I say it's cynical, and I think you'll understand why. But if the if the Republicans were smart with their strategy, what they could do is get rid of all this bullshit um, culture. Although I know Trump is leading it, but they've they've already fucked up in in not getting rid of Trump when they had the opportunity to to do it. And they're just stuck with him. But Mm -hmm. this whole culture war thing that they're playing with with trans, it's misogyny, racism, bigotry. They hate. They're they're saying that transgender people have to be eradicated. And I mean, they're taking the bodily autonomy away from women and people who are able to get pregnant. They're banning books. They're doing all this shit. And it's all this culture war. And if they would talk to all of the people that they're discriminating against, whether it's women, people of color, trans, all, if they were kinder and accepting and let them in, but they still did everything they wanted to to fuck up the economy, right? Which is all <laughs> about money. They would fucking win. They it would be like Ronald Reagan. They would win because it wouldn't be about, you know, right now I think you've got women obviously as a voting block, white women vote for Republicans, but women in general are are liberal and they want we want our bodily autonomy. So, you know, we vote for for Democrats, the ones who are not holding up the patriarchy and and have reason to do that. Um yeah. but the idea here is that, you know, if if the Republicans just said to women, "Hey, look, go ahead." You know, I mean, that would be hard. If that, I know that would be a hard one for them with abortion. But if they basically were just like, you know, if if they kept some stupid rules, but it was legal and They let people do what they wanted to do. But then, like I said, you know, they could tax, you know, give the wealthy all the tax breaks and the corporations the tax breaks and all that shit. And all of the boring policy that they care about so much, they would fucking win and pass it. They could do that. And I say that cynical because it's like, I don't want that world. I don't want the world where... Um, you know, we feel like, hey, everything's great, but you know, we're, we're, our economy is tanking. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want right. that. But it's like, what I think they're totally missing the boat there. I think they would fucking be so successful if they just kind of took on the whole, hey, we all, we love you all, everybody's welcome in our party. There's a place for you in our party. We're gonna kill the economy. I think they would win. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's how they won for a lot of years. Yes. Right? <laughs> right? And, and so I. I agree with you for some reason they can't stop talking to the radical right base this is who they're talking to yeah and and listen the Democrats have to do the same thing you always have to keep that core part of your party energized yeah Uh, needless to say the core part of the Democratic Party is not as radical Mm -hmm. as as the right is but I think what's happening Kimberly is Democrats are actually doing what you're thinking they're Republicans should be doing right. they you know Biden <laughs> you know drives me nuts sometimes although <laughs> I also wrote that I am endorsing him and I hope he runs again yeah. because I think is the answer and uh, he always almost always talks in a bipartisan manner yeah. he always makes sure to say I speak to all Americans mm-hmm. there's not red states there's not blue states you'll hear him say this all the time you know and it's incredibly important that that he does say this, and, yeah. and more than that, when you when you go to the big issues, right? Democrats are on the right side of almost all of them, mm-hmm. almost all of them. Yeah. So I I don't I don't know what Republicans are doing. I mean I mean I, you hear more from Marjorie Taylor Greene mm-hmm. <laughs> than you do from say I don't know Mitt Romney or whatever. Yeah. I, I, it's it's bizarre world. It's absolutely <laughs> bizarre world. You know.
0: It is. Well, they're not doing anything right now. All they're doing is just screaming and calling Democrats pedophiles. You
1: know, that's, that's all they have,
0: and it's it's well, just look, absolutely ridiculous. He
1: lost fifteen times <laughs> to, to get the speakership. I mean, he gave every he gave all semblance of power away. Right? Yeah. He, he is such a fucking moron. That yeah. guy. He is the. Now you're going to get me ranting, but he's bar. <laughs> the weakest speaker of the house in history. Yeah. You know, it's, it's nuts. It's like me stepping up to the plate to follow Babe Ruth. You know, we had Nancy (laughs) Pelosi in there for four years and then the years uh, as a speaker under Obama, who in my mind is the greatest speaker
0: of the house. Yeah, I agree. Do you go
1: from that to McCarthy? I mean, holy hell.
0: I know. It's really, it's so fucking bad. Oh my God. It's, it's embarrassing. Really. It's embarrassing. He
1: doesn't know what he's doing.
0: No. No, and he gives all that footage to Tucker Carlson from well, the 1-6 uh, insurrection. And then, of course, now Tucker is like, oh, it was just nothing. It was a big nothing burger.
1: Yeah, well, there's propaganda for you, and there's, you know, that's... that's I'll use the word. That's treason, mm-hmm.
0: really. Yes, it what, is. What,
1: what happened. That really is treason. And, and you, you brought it up earlier, and I'll, I'll echo some of that. It, it does remind many of nineteen thirties Germany. Yes it does. Or they're doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. They're really doing this stuff. Yes, they're not to the awful ultimate uh outcomes that the Nazis got to, but they are absolutely positively following the fascist playbook. That's all there is to it. It's it's just a fact.
0: Yeah, and I think it I think it's important. I mean obviously in Nazi Germany there was a specific set of things that happened and there were ovens and there were camps and all of that and we don't have that here. And so when you compare the current Republican Party to Nazis, it's it's when I do it, it's it's like we're just saying, it's the playbook. They are they haven't had power for a long time to be able to get to that point. But I believe that if they you know if Ron because Joy Reid is always saying that the media is failing with Ron DeSantis, and I agree with her, because they they paint him as some kind of moderate, and he's not. He's extremely fascist. Now, I don't know exactly, if he were to become the president, um, I can't sit here and tell you, oh, this is exactly what happened. I can give you, you know, I think we all could figure out uh, an overall overview of, of what he would do. Would it lead to ovens? I don't know. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be ovens. It's just going to be another way to get rid of people. Uh, they will figure out another way to eradicate. They use the words. So, you know, would it be DeSantis's presidency or would he have to die and somebody else come in before it would get to that? I don't know. But uh, what I do know is that's where they're headed. They are well, headed into that same kind of mentality.
1: Agreed. We know this. There isn't a line they won't cross. Mm-hmm. There isn't. And they just keep going further and further and further and further and further. Generally, they're banning books. I know. I mean, what? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, going going back to sort of your line of thinking, that's actually in a way good, A, because I wish they'd ban my book because I could use the readership. <laughs> really? <You know? laughs> Please ban my book now. <laughs> Republicans, if you're listening, ban my book. But just the inclination to do that. Yeah say that's a good idea we're gonna ban a book you know i, I yeah it's 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 scary right it, it again, it's it's scary i'm encouraged but i'm scared
0: yeah <laughs> i mean it's like you live this fun. dual kind of energy yeah. every day where part yeah. of you is like oh my god oh my god and then the other part is like yeah just keep fucking putting your foot in your mouth and uh that's gonna win it. there's no guarantee there's no guarantee that we're gonna win the election and that's why it's scary so um <laughs> you know i don't know i what i do want to ask you about though is let's talk a little bit and i'm not uh i don't have too much information on this i haven't been following the supreme court um race but i know that you are a little bit more into that so let's just talk about that tell me about it educate me oh man you're talking about (laughs) wisconsin here yes yay we're talking
1: about so this is you know uh, it, it, it's a local issue, but it is a national mm-hmm. issue. And and so the backdrop on that one is, I think everybody knows Wisconsin is the battleground state, a battleground state. Yes. Uh, ben Wickler, who, who just does a marvelous job of running the DNC up here, truly marvelous job, has called Wisconsin America's battleground state, which I quite like and use that in a lot of my writing. He, yeah. He's good He's smart. But um, so we... You know, Trump won here in 2016, uh, as unfortunately everybody knows also. And that kind of um, was at our low point in Wisconsin for us Democrats up here. I've been here since 2011. So when Trump won, we had lost the presidency. The courts now had been in the hands of the Republicans for, at that point, six years um, we were losing state and local elections all over the place. One way of saying, since 2016, we have won every statewide—I'm talking about democrats have won every statewide race up here except two. And we got mad, and we got energized for reasons you talked
0: about. Because
1: mm-hmm. of all the things that happened, they pissed us off, and we've been showing up at the polls. So, finally, on April 4th, we were going to have an election for our supreme, one of our Supreme Court seats. There were seven. Right now, there are four conservative Supreme Court justices, and there are three, well, you'd say liberal Supreme Court justices. Of course, they're not by parties, but right. that's the way they are. If we win this election on April 4th, the Democrats will control the Supreme Court up here for the first time in 16 years. So what is it, what are the big things that means? Well, one of them is women's health rights, mm-hmm. health care, Right there is a i believe 1869 law that does not allow abortions in the state of wisconsin and right now Hmm. that's the law that we're following Mm -hmm. we get a the democrat well i gotta be careful the the liberal supreme court justice elected here that's not that's going bye-bye wow the other thing that it's going to do there's two really big things the other thing getting winning this election will do for us is we can finally look at getting fair maps up here we have been gerrymandered out the yeah. past Wisconsin uh the electorate in Wisconsin votes roughly 54 to 46 percent to the left and our state legislators are at 66 percent to the right now how the hell does that make sense right hmm, yeah uh, right, we're just screwed. So if we can get the Supreme Court, and if we can get, and and the, the person people need to send money to and support is Janet Prosewitz. P- it's a hard name to say, <laughs> you, you know, but Janet Prosewitz, Janet for Justice. We have to, have to, have to get her elected up here in Wisconsin. If we do, you will hear me yelling and screaming <laughs> from here, you know, because we will have finally, we will, have, we will have. Uh, the governor's uh, seat, which we won again in the midterms, which is huge. We will have the Supreme Court. Tammy Baldwin is our senator. We can look at fair maps, and women's health care rights are going to be protected. So wow. there you go. And, and, and then one more plug, Kimberly, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. I just, just just as I said, it is national. Picture, if you will, this this awful scenario where Donald Trump is somehow running for president again. He belongs in jail, any anyway. He's he's he he is. It's a close race. He's he's him and Biden are neck and neck, and the race is too close to call, or it's Mm -hmm. within the bounds for recount, which is very possible Mm -hmm. in Wisconsin. If you have a conservative Supreme Court, Dan Kelly tried to send worked with Republicans to send fake electors along in 2020. He is who Janet is running against. Wow. Picture if he is mm-hmm. in the Supreme Court and is 4-3 conservative and Trump is pushing them to overturn the election here, what do you think will happen?
0: Yeah. With the
1: Supreme Court nationally being conservative. Yeah. It's a nightmare. It could literally, not, not a stretch to say that it could alter the outcome of history mm-hmm. if we don't do what's right up here and get and get a liberal Supreme Court justice in there and get the fucking courts for the first time in 16 years. It I- is. It's just... It's
0: gigantic. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got to say, and, and I, I fear saying this because I, I it's not about being wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times before, so I don't care about being wrong. It's, <laughs> it's that I don't want to be wrong in that I want democracy to be saved. But I, I, I seem to feel like despite the fear, despite the craziness, I don't know. I have this, this optimistic, hopeful outcome. Like, I feel like it's going to be okay. And... I don't even know what that means, because I I don't I don't know. But I will say that it's different than what I've been experiencing, because up until 2022, I mean, even on the night of the election, my poor audience has heard this before. But I mean, you know, I was feeling pretty good and I was feeling optimistic. I'm following Simon Rosenberg. Christopher Boozy, um, they're all saying it's not going to be a red wave and, you know, we might lose the house, but it's only going to be by a little bit. But we might, you know, so I was really on board with those people. And then Mary Trump asked if I would be on her show that night, right? Election night. And so I was doing okay until you know, and and she didn't do it (laughs) until like eight o'clock or something like that. And so I made the mistake of turning on, I ate dinner and I, I watched some of these returns, and it was just in time for DeSantis and for Marco Rubio to win. Now, You're I right. know it's Florida, but those were not gerrymandered races, so I felt like I was punched in the gut, and I, was, I got really scared, and I went into this very dark place. So then yeah. I go on Mary Trump's show, and it's funny because she wasn't there yet, and you what know, on her show, there's a whole bunch of guests, and the only two people who are in the waiting room It was me and Jennifer Rubin. And it just cracked me up because I was like, oh, my God, it's just me sitting there. So I just started, you know, freaking out. And and I'm telling her, I'm like, please talk me off the ledge. Please talk me off the ledge. And so she kind of talked me off the ledge, kind of. But then, you know, Mary Trump came on and Mary Trump felt exactly the same way I did. She was just sick. And the conversation that we were having about this show was how election night used to be kind of fun. And, yeah. you know, if, if you lost, it sucked, but it was OK. But now if you lose, it's fascism. So it's not OK. <laughs> it's right. just like, right. yeah. oh, it's my God. Fire. But, I, you know, so really up until, you know, Trump came down that nest. I was afraid with Sarah Palin. But then, you know, we got Barack Obama. I saw how Democratic voters thought it was enough to have a black president and they didn't show up for him in the midterms. And that was upsetting to me, but we still had a democratic, I mean, things were still fairly normal. Then Trump yeah. comes along and he changes, you know, all of all of us. We all kind of, we all know what it felt like when he won that in 2016. It was awful. and And then all those years and watching what happened and just constantly living in fear. And now I just have this, I don't know. It's like a, I don't know if this is some kind of I don't want to call it a premonition, but like feeling like, I feel like the energy's changing and, and it's, it's, it's benefiting us, but I feel like there's good. And, and I, and well, I, I don't know what that means, but I'm hoping that it means something. <laughs> you
1: know? no, I'm, glad. I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, Cause I need to hear that too. You know, I, I um I'm superstitious and cautious at the same time about if I feel good about something, I generally will just – I'm not saying it out loud, yeah. which is weird, but I, I <laughs> won't. I, so I'm going to break the rule here based on what you just said there. I – God, I hope I don't regret saying this. <laughs> but I feel very confident we're going to win this race up here in Wisconsin, which, I again, I can't even tell you how much that's going to mean to the hardworking yeah. liberals up here that have busted their ass up here to right all of the wrongs. Like I said, we have won every fucking statewide race up here except for two in the last seven years, right? Yeah. So we're kicking ass, and I think that we're going to win on April 4th, and I think we're going to win convincingly. Wow. Uh, which is really terrifying. I me. Mean, when I, <laughs> I say convincingly, I mean, in Wisconsin, like if you win by four points, yeah. you just you have just smashed your opponent. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to happen, you know? I, yeah. I just... We, and, and here's the reason why, Kimberly. Because we have put the work in. You know yeah. we are organized up here, man. We're badass. If you called an election <laughs> in an hour, you have millions of people at the polls. They wouldn't care what it's for. You could say we're calling an election to plant a tree and you have people run into the answers. Where's the bar my vote? You know, it's <laughs> it's really inspiring. Wow. Um how how and people need to know this in America, we're not fucking around up here. Yeah. You know, we, we take this very seriously. So in, in your, in your spirit of optimism, I am feeling pretty optimistic and tired as you can hear in my voice too, because we have worked very hard up here.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I think, you know, one of the things that I feel is important is to keep up that optimistic, um, point of view, because, You know, optimistic doesn't mean you're fooling yourself. It doesn't make you into a Pollyanna. It just means that in hard times, you believe you can overcome them. And, you know, you're still going to have to deal with, you know, all the crap. And and it's not going to mean smooth sailing. It just means, you know, I mean, this is the best way I can describe it. When I was thinking about it, and I've said this before on my show, but, you know, like when my cat was dying, it was awful, right? I, I felt... Um, yeah. their family and all of that and so you're yeah. you can't force yourself to be positive when you're grieving but <laughs> right. you can maintain an optimistic overall outlook in life when well, horrible it, things it, are it, happening it, it helps
1: to talk to folks like yourself right i mean that's the other important thing don't yeah. die of loneliness you know yeah reach out and that and that kind of thing that helps too you know it does uh, that that teamwork you know uh, I feel like you and I are on the same team, right? Yeah. I, I have great—I take great heart knowing you're
0: out there. Oh, and I feel the same. And you're exactly right because it's like, especially you know, with COVID going on, and even though most of the world is pretending it isn't, there's still a lot of people, especially people who have cancer or you know who who are very susceptible right. to getting sick or you know vulnerable or whatever. Um, they are staying in, and it's hard for them. And so sometimes you know, just seeing. A certain kind of a tweet Or, or reading, you know, your, your sub stack Or something like that Is going to make all the difference And yeah. I, I, I think it's so important That we maintain that optimism Because it doesn't guarantee anything uh, and uh, Well, it does I guess what it would guarantee Is the difference between apathy And saying, okay, we still have a shot Because if you feel And that's what the Republicans want to do They want to exhaust us They want us to give up because right. it's just, That's they connected. won't stop. And it doesn't matter what they're saying is bullshit. They don't, they have, and you know how, I'm gonna quote Hal Sparks again, because he said, Republicans have no shame and they don't. We can't shame them, but we can embarrass them. And so I think it's in, really important to keep a sense of humor, embarrassing, like embarrass them with humor. But I would say, and I, I this is another drum that I'm just gonna keep beating. It's so important for us to not only mock. So when Marjorie Taylor Greene does her thing, you know, yeah. go ahead and make fun of her, but then add something to it that you think might h- help uh, teach somebody else or, or inform somebody else who's not as informed as you are on, on what the solution is. Now, you don't have to do this all in one tweet, but, it, you know, it's like you can have your, your tweet where you're bagging on her. But then you know, have have another tweet or spout or whatever you're doing, providing a um, I don't know, like some kind of inform you know, inform people, engage them because not everybody's at the same level of understanding. There are people that I I go and I listen to. I'll listen to you. You just helped me understand why the Wisconsin Supreme Court race is so important, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I I could inform you on something, but, you know, this person over here is going to inform someone else. And it's like we're all kind of helping each other out. And I think that we have to remember that. And it doesn't matter if you have 15 followers or 15,000 followers. You are out there, and somebody's going to see your stuff. They're going to see it. And, you know, when I started doing this, I didn't have any followers, and neither did you. And we built up a following because we – we're sharing information and we give a shit and we care and it's, it's contagious. So yeah,
1: there's there, it's been an amazing thing, hasn't it? I mean, there's the way that that 2016 election affected some of us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, there's, there there is a core group that, that it affected in a different way. Yeah. I, I mean, in a really, really terrifying way. I, I don't think I've had a worse day in my life than that. Watching that happen. Yeah. You know, watching that happen and how it so deeply affected me Mm -hmm. and that, you know, I, I, I I, I said, if this can happen, anything can happen. And if anything can happen, we're in deep trouble. And so we went to work, you know, and I, um, was detailing all the work we put in here in Wisconsin, you know, and we're seeing it pay off. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. another quick anecdote on election night you we were you know on mary trump's show and some we were feeling pretty good and some of you were feeling pretty bad yeah so we were at one final push we did some canvassing for uh tony evers and mandela barnes up here the last you know just before the polls closed and we were at a campaign headquarters type of place and Wickler was there he's everywhere again the dnc chairman up here and i pulled him aside and i said we don't know what's going to go down tonight, but I said, can you tell me what the most important races to you are? They don't even have to be in Wisconsin. What's a good night for Democrats?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And he said the governor's races in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Hmm. Well, guess what? Democrats won the governor's races in Michigan, Wisconsin, (sighs) and Pennsylvania. (laughs) And there it is. You know, we did that. So, we ought to puff our chests out and feel pretty proud of ourselves,
0: yeah, absolutely and i think I think it's also a good reminder because there's uh people out there who are so discouraged and they say, "Oh, nothing ever happens, nothing ever gets done and I wish they would <laughs> remember that, yeah, we did pull it off, you know, actually, Democrats have pretty much pulled off every election since Donald Trump came into office i mean of course, there's the individual races, but in the bigger picture there's, there have been, um, elections every year. There's always elections. And so 2017, 18, 19, 2020, 20, I mean, all of them, Democrats did very well. And we, you know, you're right that Democrats did, uh, I'm sorry, Republicans did well in 2020. Um, and Donald Trump didn't do well, but thankfully, you know, Joe Biden did win by a significant amount. And, and
1: and to interrupt you, remember what happened in Georgia. So we yes, went all the way back to Georgia. Yes. They were, the Republicans had the Senate fifty to forty eight. And then there were those runoff elections. And again, as I as I wrote, ironically, sadly ironically, those runoff elections were on January fifth,
0: two thousand
1: twenty one. Yes. The yeah. day before the insurrection, uh John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock won the their races even the senate and the tie-breaking vote went to who (laughs) Kamala harris yeah how beautiful is that yeah let freedom ring damn it
0: (laughs) well you know i just i don't know i i do feel hopeful um i don't want to you know i'm a little past like i said i mean i didn't think joe biden was going to even get the nominee i was so (laughs) wrong about that and I'm not embarrassed. I know I wasn't alone. But uh, I'm not embarrassed because I, you know, I'm not... A psychic <laughs> i don't know but yeah. um i was so wrong about him and really happy to be wrong i was very happy to be wrong i hope i'm not wrong about this optimism thing and if i am wrong it won't be because i'll be embarrassed because i was wrong it'll be because we're living under fascist rule and that's well, really a lot what I healthier
1: for. way to live Kimberly. It really <laughs> I'm, tr- is. I'm trying it, it is. I, I mean it really is it's 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 being miserable is hard and i have been miserable more than i'd like since 2016 i'll be honest about it me too but there has just been some shining moments Mm -hmm. and it is all born out of you know the work we're doing Mm -hmm. and that's it's so nice when hard work pays off it's so nice when good beats evil yeah you know it tastes so good
0: It really does. It tastes good. It feels good. It makes such a difference. And you're just so fucking relieved. And then we're at this point though, where it's like, okay, every election is, it's like, oh no, I need to be hospitalized. You need to sedate me, wake me when it's over. I mean, it's, it's terrifying, but I, you know, I think as long as we just keep doing what we're doing, I think Gen Z is, is coming, you know, they're, they're here. They are here to stay. Um, we're going to keep our eyes on this really important election coming up with the Supreme court and I'm going to go with what you're saying and she's going to win. And I I think, you know, we're, we're, we're in for all kinds of shit. You know, it's going to be an up and down thing for the next two years, but I think we're going to be able to pull this off. And as long as we can maintain that optimistic overall, you know, even when we're down, we are—we're still going to do it. We're still going to do it. I think we're going to do it. So we've just got to keep—we've we've, got to keep up and, that positive and I wanna, thing. And
1: I want to plug the work again because if you get involved, mm-hmm. right? Whether you're writing, uh, you know, postcards or you're knocking on doors yeah. or, or whatever you're doing, a it just keeps your mind off of the terrible.
0: Because
1: <laughs> you, you've really thrown yourself into something good. And again, when you win, you're a real part of it. Yes. You know, and it, it's fabulous.
0: So, yeah, man, we're, we're okay. And I want to I reemphasize that because when you take your mind off of the horrible things that, whether it's Trump, whoever, is saying or doing, and you put your energy into something that's positive and something that can make a difference, it completely changes your point of view. And so exactly. if you're in a really negative space, it helps lift you out and you know there's no there's never a guarantee and that's the whole point of this is that we have to you know we don't have a guarantee so we have to every fucking day we have to get up and figure and sometimes that means not paying attention to politics that means having fun you know taking some time off and doing something for your own mental health and laughing and having fun but then getting right back into it because well, it's, it's it's our yeah, home
1: you know, right after the midterms literally the night after the midterms and, you know, unfortunately, again, for the fifth time fucking uh, Johnson won up here, yeah. but Tony won and, and a lot of Democrats won. I'm getting emails and I'm getting texts, big Supreme Court race coming up in April. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit! You yeah. know, yeah. I mean, not even an hour, yeah. you know, like, first martini martini. already or you have to go to work to get the supreme court thing so yeah it's it's a little much sometimes yeah but uh you know you gotta enjoy the victories and work harder when you lose
0: yeah uh, yeah and just have take your time to enjoy your own life and not live in this constantly i mean people like (laughs) you and me i think we live in it and so you have to take that time and just go enjoy as much as you can, so that you're refreshed and you have the energy. Because if it's just day after day after day, it's just too hard. Nobody, nobody can do that. So um, no,
1: it beats you up. It, it does. It beats yeah. you up pretty, though, well, so, right?
0: Well, all right. So I just want to say, number one, thanks again for coming back. I always love talking to you, and we didn't get to everything, but that's good because that just means we'll have more to talk about later. Um, yeah. And now I know you're on Spoutable, so. Before I let you go, tell everybody where to find you, including Spoutable.
1: Okay, so um, yeah, I'm on Spoutable, Right, you can find me there. I'm trying to think of what my handle is. I, I think it's easy as Earl of Enough. Uh, on, I think you sent stuff.
0: it to me, so I'm gonna go look. But yeah, I think it's isn't it the same same one that you have on Twitter?
1: Yeah, which is Earl of Enough.
0: Earl of Enough. Okay, Earl right. of Enough. Okay.
1: And then my my Substack account, if you want that one, uh, where I'm I'm writing pretty regularly and by the way, you know, subscribe, <laughs> it's, uh, it's D Earl Stevens, D E A R L Stevens with a P H, uh, dot com, Right. And so you'll find my stuff there and, you know, comment, like hate, whatever you want to do with it. <laughs> and if, you know, you want to buy the book. It's toxic tales, a classic collection of Donald J. Trump's very important letters. And that's, Going back to House Sparks, making fun of people, I destroy Trump. Using his own words in that book, it's a uh, it's a good it's a good gift to
0: people. Who hate Trump. <laughs> cool. All right, and then of course you can find me, author Kimberly, on Twitter k i m b e r l e y, and then on Spoutable, I'm just my name, Kimberly Johnson, and my books are on Amazon. It was awesome talking to you, and I will talk to you again.
1: Gibber Lynch Latin, congratulations on a new job. I I I know you're doing great.
0: Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.